Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
like to invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. And let me tell you, whether in the sanctuary or connected virtually, what a blessing it is to be among the people of God in the congregation and worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture for this morning comes out of the 111 Psalms, verses 1 through 4 and 9 and 10. It reads as follows. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them, full of splendor and majesty in his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for salvation through you. We thank you for your love, your kindness, your grace. We thank you for the ability to praise with our lips and with our lives. Bless us as we lift you up this morning and we praise and magnify your holy name. We give you all the praise, the honor, and glory. And we pray all these things in the blessed and matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give our God a praise this morning with the clapping of our hands. Our morning hymn this morning is Great is Thy Faithfulness. Let's sing it together, church. Come on, great is... Nature. And 
it falls. Come on, to thy great faithfulness. Come on, mercy and love. Come on, together, church, everybody. Great is, come on. Faithful morning by morning. New mercy. Come on, we say all I have needed. Come on, we say great. Everybody, great is our faithfulness. One more time, great is. Come on, Lord, unto me. Come on, let's give him glory this morning in the sanctuary. Come on, and oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Come on, I want to teach you a new song this morning. How many know that we owe God a praise because he's been that good to us? Come on, clap it. Come on, clap your hands this morning. We're grateful to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, everybody. Come on. His name. Simple, y'all. We say, I owe him all the praise. I owe him praise forever and always. I'll choose to bless his
Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Michelle Brown, Sister Melanie Chambers, Sister Rosemary Cook, Sister Patricia Haddon, Sister Karen West, Sister Lashana West, Sister Jazz Esquibel, Sister Mabel Williams, Sister Patricia, Patricia Thompson, Brother Philip McCain-Smith, Brother William Newby, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Deacon Dennis Wilson. We also want to keep in our hearts and our mind those with bereaved members of their family, Sister Pamela Henry and Brother Eric and Deb Hickerson and the loss of their daughter and niece, Martina Marie Henry. We had a wonderful home going here in the Salem Baptist Church on yesterday. Also, we want to remember Sister Barbara Lampkin and Sister Cherie Thomas and the loss of their husband and father, Richard Lampston. Funeral arrangements are pending. Family, let's go before the Lord together. Abba, Father, eternal Lord, our God, you are deserving of all of our praise, all of our honor, and all of our worship. Forever and always, we praise you. Because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us due to your grace, Lord, we want to praise you. You are so deserving of our praise as the sovereign Lord, the creator of the universe, that formed us out of nothing, out of dust, but yet you still loved us. And so we are so grateful for you. And Lord, that's why we want to praise you with our hearts and our minds, our lips and our lives. Every ounce of our body should be lifted up in praise for you because you are so deserving of our praise. Lord, you woke us up this morning so you're deserving of our praise. You give us sight in our eyes so you're deserving of our praise. You give us spiritual sight to see so you are deserving of our praise. You have given us your written word so you are deserving of our praise. You have given us the living word, Jesus Christ, the word of God, so you are deserving of our praise. We thank you for the ability to pay bills. We thank you for the house over our heads. We thank you for the vehicles that we drive. We thank you for the breath in our body. We thank you for the movement in our limbs. And, Lord, we thank you that even though our bodies are deteriorating, our wisdom is growing and our grace is renewing in you. Lord, we praise you. We honor you. And we thank you this morning because of your great grace and your mercy. Lord, great is your faithfulness. Lord, the scripture says even when we are faithless, you are faithful. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that we have salvation in Jesus Christ because you are faithful. Thank you for living that perfect life so that we can receive the light, eternal life and abundant life in you. Thank you for the victory that's in you. Thank you that no matter what situation we may go through in this life, we have victory in you. Thank you that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And Lord, help us to remember that day by day. Help us to crucify our flesh daily. Help us to pray daily. Help us to realize what a privilege it is to pray to you and come before you directly and that you hear us and that you love us. We can praise you and worship you for all of eternity, millions of times over, and it still wouldn't be enough. Lord, even if you had done nothing at all, you are deserving of all of our praise and all of our worship simply because of who you are, the sovereign God and the sovereign creator. So we love you this morning, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this worship service. We thank you for every opportunity we have to praise and worship you and to be together with people of God that have come together to lift you up and build each other up and encourage each other. Lord, we thank you for our leader this morning, the angel of this house. Lord, we ask that you would help us imitate him as he imitates you. Lord, we ask that you would touch our hearts to receive a word directly for us from you through him and that you would bless us 
and continue to use him in such a mighty and powerful way. Lord, we pray for every person on this prayer list. Lord, we know that grief is hard to deal with. We know that pain is hard to deal with, Lord, but we have a great physician in you. So we ask for peace. We ask for comfort. We ask for strength for all of these families. And most importantly, Lord, we ask that you would just reach out and touch them, that you would be with them, that you would draw them closer to you as there's no better place to be. Bless us as we continue in this worship service, as we glorify and magnify your name, as we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Happy New Year, and welcome to 2023. This is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you'll have a meaningful encounter with God today because here at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights. Attention all Salem ministry leaders. As we start to come back to in-person meetings, please note that you'll need to contact the church office in advance. In order to make sure all your needs can be met, please request your meeting space, date, and time at least two weeks in advance. You can contact the church office via phone or email Brother Brian Maddox or Sister Nicole Cannon-Brown. And please join us this evening for the citywide Martin Luther King Jr. Unity Service. It will be held here at Salem beginning at 6 p.m. And in observance of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday, the church administrative offices will be closed directly following today's worship experience. The church offices will reopen on Tuesday, January 17th. Salem family, invite someone and come grow in the Word of God during corporate prayer on Wednesday, January 25th via Zoom. We'll email those who signed up via constant contact. The Zoom link will be emailed to you the Monday before corporate prayer. Please reach out to the church office to add your email address to the constant contact email list today. Here at Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, and we invite everyone to get connected and get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or you can subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Have a great day, and we sure hope you have a blessed week. Good morning, Salem. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? Certainly to those who are present in the sanctuary and those who are a part of the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, we welcome you to worship on this morning. Amen. We want to take a moment, if there are any guests, any visitors who are worshiping with us on today, we want to ask you to stand. We're not going to ask you to say anything or give a speech or anything of that nature, but if you are guests with us on today, amen. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. We are so grateful for your presence that you've come to worship with us here at the Salem Baptist Church in Omaha, Nebraska. We praise God for your presence. We pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you would come back and worship with us here at the Salem Baptist Church. Amen. Uh, we uh, know that there are some great churches out there. We just have the opinion uh, there's not too much of a better church than the Salem Church. Amen. So come on back and join us once again. 
again, please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry, fellowship, discipleship, and worship. Uh, we praise God that we are getting back to some level of normalcy as a, as a church family. We continue to do that in the most safe and secure way possible. Amen? Amen. It's so good to see you. know you're looking good when you look good with a mask on. Amen. Y'all looking good. Y'all looking good. Amen. We're going to prepare our hearts to share in a time of giving. We know that even as those who are in the sanctuary, we want to remind you as you exit worship on today, you can give your tithe and offering. There will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering. For those who are part of the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, you can give through our website at salembc.org, through PayPal, Venmo, Givelify, Cash App. You can text to give, or you can mail your tithing offering here to the Salem Baptist Church of Omaha, Nebraska, 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, from 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. You can bring your gifts, your tithing, your offering here to the church. There is a secure tithing offering receptacle just outside the administrative office. I remind you that you cannot be God-given no matter how you try. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you a question. The same God that blessed you in 2022, has he sustained you thus far in 2023? Amen. He is able to do it and our giving, our tithe and our offering is a response to his faithful to, faithfulness to us, and he responds to our faithfulness to him in the giving of our tithe and our offering. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Amen. Now, you may get up and go to work, well, maybe not tomorrow, but Tuesday morning, and the Lord may allow uh, that organization or institution to print you out a check at the end of the week, but the truth is it comes from the Lord. Because you have that place of employment because of him in the first place. And again, we respond to his goodness through our giving. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed and good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. I'm going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship.
Somebody say, I made it. Come on, if you know that you have made it, come on and give him a praise in here that reflects how great and mighty he is and how grateful you are that the Lord brought you through it. Anybody in here owe him a praise because you made it. But when you look back over your life, 
But when you just look back over this past week and all the heartaches that you had to suffer through, you still got your mind. He's still keeping you in perfect peace. Somebody declare, I made it. Somebody in the room got a testimony and you're not ashamed to tell it. I may look good this morning, but I've been through some stuff. But you can declare I'm still here. And how did you make it? It was nothing but the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Listen, we've made it because God's got us. Just say to yourself, he's got me. Come on, declare to yourself, he's got me. You better talk to yourself. I don't care if your neighbor thinks you crazy, just talk to yourself because yourself knows everything that you've suffered through and just declare that he's got me. Hallelujah. God's got us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, God's got me. Deacon Fairley, he got you, man. Listen. No matter what I face, no matter what may come, I am confident in this. God's got me. Yeah. No matter what I may face, and no matter what may come, I am confident in this, God's got me. Listen, he's got me, yeah, he's got me, yeah, yeah, I am confident in this, God's got me, yeah. Say, he's got me. Point to yourself and just say, he's got me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am confident in this. God's got me. Come on, singers, let's say it. Come on. No matter, no matter what I face. Come on, no matter what may come. Everybody, I am confident. I am confident. God's got me. Come on, say it for real. Come on, no matter what I. No matter what I think. 
matter what may come. Come on, I am confident. Come on, God. Come on, let's say, He's got me. The Lord has got me. Come on, I am confident in this. Come on, God. Come on, let's say it again. He's got me. The Lord has got His hand upon me. Come on, God's got me. Listen, I am standing here today. It's because of his love and grace. I am confident in this. Come on, God. Come on, let's say, I am standing here today. It's because of his love and grace. Come on, I am confident in this. Come on. Come on, let's say, he's got me. The Lord has got me. I am confident in this. God's got me. Come on, he's got me. The Lord is taking Come on, God. Come on, He knows. Come on, the Lord knows what you need. He knows what I need. Come on, here's the truth. God is always. Come on.
We're going to ask you to stand now in reverence to the Word of God. Turn with us to the Old Testament, the book that bears the name of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going to read in your hearing verses 4 through 7, although we will use verses 1 through 14. Verse 4 reads, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace, you will have peace. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, preparing for renewal. Preparing for renewal. 2023 is a year of renewal here at the Salem Church. A year for refilling, revitalization, refreshing, and recharging. And over the past two Sundays, we've addressed this through the declarations and decrees of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31, in a sermon entitled, Ready for Renewal. And on last week, we were challenged by Isaiah chapter 43, verses 16 through 21, in a sermon entitled, Perspectives for a Season of Renewal. And each of those texts address the conditions of the Jewish exiles that were in Babylonian captivity through the words of the prophet Isaiah. We continue the theme of renewal on today, this time hearing the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. Once again, speaking of the renewal and restoration that will be experienced by the Jewish people. Now on the surface, Isaiah's message and the message of Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 29 might seem to be divergent, different, and dissimilar. And yet, when observed in the overall context and the content of the history of the Lord's people in the Old Testament, there is a consistency, coherence, and cohesion that can be confirmed. 
29. In this section of scripture here in Jeremiah chapter 29 that contains one of the most quoted single verses in scripture, verse 11, we're taught some rugged and resourceful instructions and imperatives for preparing for renewal. Now I have to warn you that what is illuminated and illustrated in this section of scripture may seem on the surface in opposition to how Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 has been quoted on occasion. I want to suggest when taken in its overall context it's even more powerful for our faith walk than just a surface and superficial understanding and interpretation. And before we move forward it's necessary and crucial that we are reminded of the scene setting and situation in which these words are delivered and received. Verses 1 through 4 of Jeremiah chapter 29 does an excellent job at summarizing and surmising what is going on as the Lord speaks his word through the prophet Jeremiah. Listen to verses 1 through 4 of Jeremiah chapter 29. It says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive, to the priest, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This happened after Jeconiah the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and, craftsmen and the smiths, had departed from Jerusalem. The letter was sent by the hand of Elisar, the son of Shaphan, and Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, the king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I've caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Once again, we are reminded of Nebuchadnezzar's victorious and triumphant desolation, devastation, and demolition, uh, demolition rather, of Jerusalem, uh, the temple, and along with that, the carrying away of the priests, the prophets, eunuchs, officers, princes, and craftsmen forcibly into Babylonian captivity. These captives find themselves separated from their homeland, their property and prosperity, the center of their religious rituals and traditions, and the familiarity of everything that caused them to feel safe, sound, and secure. Now here, in Je uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, Jeremiah raises his prophetic proclamation to a fever pitch, seeking to arrest and apprehend the attention of the abducted and anxious exiles. And the Lord has the audacity and attitude to speak through the prophet Jeremiah guidance and guidelines on preparing for renewal and restoration under circumstances that are not exemplary or ideal. These words through Jeremiah come to the Lord's people under conditions that are not perfect, pristine, or picturesque. Now, 
I know I did not want to hear this when I was putting this sermon together in the study, and I know you may not want to hear it now, but one of the things the Lord says to these Jewish exiles is, be patient. Be patient. I know you've heard the saying that patience is a virtue. Well, I guess that means impatience is a vice. Now, I call on my own history because it took me a long time to figure out the irony and sarcasm communicated by a plaque in my father's office at the Mount Zion Baptist Church in Kansas City, Kansas. But once I had the ability to understand its irony and sarcasm, it has been indelibly etched into my memory. The plaque said, Lord, I want patience, and I want it right now. You can think about it when you're on your way home. The Lord, through the prophet Jeremiah, is saying to his people, I'm well aware of the conditions you are experiencing. I need you to be patient. Now, to understand this completely, you have to take a ride in a time machine through the book that bears the name of Jeremiah. You first have to return to Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 1 through 14. It's there that the Lord informs Jerusalem and Judah they shall be exiled in Babylon for 70 years. Then you have to put your seatbelt on and take a trip to Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 8 and 9 where it says this. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. Now this should cause an alarm to go off in your mind. And that alarm first should say, Pastor Bacchus, what does that have to do with being patient? And the second alarm should be who are these false, false prophets being referred to in verses 8 and 9 of Jeremiah chapter 29. I'm so glad you asked those questions. And I want you to be patient for just a moment where I clarify this point of emphasis. Because now you have to travel back from Jeremiah chapter 29 to Jeremiah chapter 28. It's in the very early verses of chapter 28, Hananiah, a son of a prophet, y'all thought I was going to say something else, a son of a prophet, begins to make false prophetic proclamations about the Jewish exile's length of captivity in Babylon. Listen to verses 1 through 4 of Jeremiah chapter 28. And it happened in the same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah the king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hananiah, the son of Azior, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring, bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, 
that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to, back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, a king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now, in the following verses of Jeremiah chapter 28, Jeremiah calls this false prophet Hananiah on the carpet. He says to that false prophet, in essence, you say the Lord is going to liberate these exiles from captivity in two years, but the Lord has already said it's going to be 70 years. And Jeremiah says to this false prophet, the unfortunate truth is, Hananiah, you won't live to see the rest of this year. And the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 28, verse 17, Hananiah died the same year. And so that's why the Lord had to use Jeremiah in chapter 29, verses 8 and 9, to say to his people, don't believe those prophets who seek to deceive you. Jeremiah was saying to them, be patient. The Lord said there will be a period of time before renewal, restoration, and release. And no matter what anyone else says, Jeremiah says you must rely on the Lord's word above anyone else's word. And that's why we have to be careful someone makes a divine declaration that your problems your troubles and your crisis will disappear in five business days not including the weekends if you just simply make sure that your gift is postmarked by midnight doesn't always happen like that you see when the Lord is working in your life it's not always on someone's shortened timetable, schedule, and agenda. It may take longer than you think, longer than you planned, and longer than you want. And yet you have to seek the kind of patience that only the Lord can give. You cannot wish away the Lord's timetable simply because you want to. The Lord has an otherworldly agenda with otherworldly appointments and with otherworldly arrangements that cannot be dictated by the will of humanity. That's a word for someone seeking renewal right now. Be patient. Let patience work its perfect work. As it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The Lord says through the prophet Jeremiah to his people, first of all, be patient. But then he says, be productive. While you're preparing for the Lord's renewal, be productive. 
Now, we cannot discount the discouraging, dispiriting, and disheartening dilemma these Jewish exiles find themselves. It's hurtful, disappointing, and frustrating. They are confined to a place they don't want to be, a zip code they don't want to reside in, and in a country they despise. And in the midst of all that, the Lord says, be prepared for renewal by being productive. Listen to verses 5 and 6. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. Now, this may seem a little outlandish for the Lord to give these instructions to his people because they are in captivity, a captivity that will last decades. The conditions are not ideal, and yet the Lord says, be productive. The Lord says to his people, in spite of your impediments and inconveniences, don't settle for being idle and fruitless. He says, build, plant, and have children. Some of y'all want it to sound fancy. The Lord says, make, create, cultivate, and by all means, procreate. Y'all get that when you get home, y'all. The Lord is saying to those who heard these words hundreds of years ago and to you on today, you cannot waste your current location and situation by sitting on the sidelines because the game is not in the arena in which you want it to be played. The Lord says, be productive. And child of God, you may not like where you're in life right now. You may have wished and wanted for things to be different. Your five-year plan may not be coming to fruition like you designed it to. But decide today to be productive. Someone needs to hear this on today. You cannot wait until things are perfect. Because they never will be. There will always be some element in life that's imperfect. And add to that, Conditions will not always be what you propose, propose, prefer, or pick. And even with that being true, it does not release and relieve you from what the Lord has for you to do. <clears throat> so do as the Lord told these Jewish exiles. Be productive. Leave your mark. Leave your legacy. Leave your imprint. Don't let the world have the commentary that you sat down because things were not perfectly and flawlessly in place. Make the world acknowledge that you stood up. 
in adversity, hardship, and in the midst of affliction, decide I'll be productive in spite of. Church is quiet. I can't hear nobody saying amen today. He says be patient. Be productive. Then he says, be proactively prayerful. Be proactively prayerful. The Lord is instructing his people to be, uh, to proactively pray. Now under the gravity and weight of captivity, uh, he says, be proactively prayerful. Now I want to make a few su suggestions why you should pray uh, as it says in verse uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 7 even in the most difficult of circumstances listen again to verse 7 and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it for in its peace you will have peace the Lord is saying pray proactively Proactively means in advance. In order prepare, to prepare for, to intervene in or control an expected occurrence, especially a negative or challenging one. Now, uh, the Lord was well aware that the Jewish exiles were in a challenging and negative set of circumstances. And so he's instructing them to pray under those circumstances so that ultimately it would work out for their good. And I want to suggest on today that we should follow the lead of this lesson the Lord is seeking to teach these Jewish exiles. Pray proactively. So I want to submit to you some suggestions for praying proactively in the uncomfortable circumstances on your job, in your home, in your family, or wherever it may apply. And I want to recommend that you don't just do it this week following the sermon, but do it as you're waiting patiently for your renewal. Pray proactively. First, pray for the people where the Lord has placed you. Pray for the people where the Lord has placed you. Now these Jewish exiles did not want to be in Babylon. They wanted to be in Jerusalem. And yet the Lord says to them, since you're going to be here, surrounded by them, you might as well pray for them. And child of God, since you may not get that next job or career promotion when you show up to work on tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, why don't you take a moment and spend just a minute praying for the people where the Lord has placed you for this season? Now what you may well discover is that the Lord may not change them 
but he may change you. He, he may change the way you see them, the way you understand them, the way you interact with them, the way you treat them. Pray for the people where the Lord has placed you. But not only that, I want to suggest when you're praying proactively, pray for the place the Lord has planted you. Pray for the place where the Lord has planted you. Now for these Jewish exiles, the Lord says, pray for the place I've caused you to be carried away which indicates as difficult and dire their circumstances might have been, they were in a place that the Lord had planted them. For someone who's listening on today, take an opportunity to pray for the place the Lord has planted you. Pray for that company, for that organization, Yes, pray for the church where the Lord has planted you. Child of God, sometimes you need to stop complaining and crying and criticizing where you are and pray for where you are. Oh, amen, lights, lights, amen. I can remember years ago overhearing conversation my father was having with one of his ministerial colleagues and his colleague was complaining about the church where he was pastoring and the community where he was serving and the city where he was located and my father's reply was one I believe was of great wisdom insight intelligence and understanding he said doc the land does not make the man the man makes the land. In other words, you can complain about where the Lord has planted you or you can decide to be fruitful, faithful, and effective where the Lord has planted you. You see, you should pray for the place where the Lord has planted you because when the Lord blesses the place he has planted you, he cannot help but bless you as well. Pray for your church. Pray for your church. He says, pray proactively for the people where the Lord has placed you and pray for the place the Lord has planted you. But then he it suggests, rather, I want to suggest, pray for the peace he can give you. Now, I know what the Lord says can seem to ultimately be seen as a self-serving prayer. The Lord says, pray for the peace of the city where the Lord has planted you. Because when it is peaceful when your circumstances and surroundings are peaceful you will have peace now I want to suggest it is not self-serving it is to some degree selfless because if you can rein in your own self-interest and your own individual concern, 
long enough to pray for the peace of others, I believe your peace is a byproduct of your selfless prayers. Because the Lord is able to give you peace when you pray for the peace of that which surrounds you. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Romans 14, 19 says, Therefore let us pursue things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. Numbers 6, 24 through 26 says, The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I want to say to you, a pray for peace to rule, rest, and abide in that which is around you so that you can have peace that abundantly abounds. So be patient. Be productive, be proactively prayerful, and then last, be prepared for the Lord's plan. See, the Lord's plan is a plan of renewal, restoration, regeneration, and rebirth. The Lord plans to do a new thing, an even greater thing than all that he's done before. The Lord said, it's on its way. It may not be on your timetable, but be prepared for his plan. Listen to the sacred scripture in verses 10 through 14, declared to those Jewish exiles that can be applied to your life today and your future, no matter where you are in this moment. It says, for thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word to you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Uh, I, I know the, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Oh yes, you have to be prepared to accept, to trust and depend upon his plan, a plan of peace and not evil. A plan of giving you a hope and a future. Child of God, even when you don't know the specifics, know that he has a plan. Even when the details may not be revealed, know that he has a plan. Even when you don't know how he's going to bring it about, know that he has a plan. 
So be prepared to trust his plan for your life. Even though you may not see what the future may hold. That's why a songwriter said these words. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from the sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him for he knows what lies ahead. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. That path that is my portion may be through the flame or the flood, but his presence goes before me, and I'm covered, hallelujah, with his blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. Tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is extended. And even as you stand all across the sanctuary, in this moment, it is a blessing to know who holds your hand. And that one who holds your hand, who declares, who allows you to declare, I'm prepared for his plan for my life, even when I don't know the details, when I don't know the specifics. I do know that he has a plan for my life to give me a hope and a future for good and not evil. And you can only know that with blessed assurance if you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that in spite of your current condition, your current setting, your current situation, the Lord has looked beyond where you are right now and he knows what he has ahead of you. And so even now we extend this invitation inviting you to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So we extend that in invitation even now for you to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So if you're in the sanctuary immediately following our benediction, there will be deacons in place outside, and each, outside of each and every door of the sanctuary to receive you into the family of faith here at the Salem Baptist Church. Or if you're listening and watching, you can give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. Someone is waiting to hear your voice.
hope and pray that someone on this day has decided to give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ and have the promise of life, life more abundantly and life eternal. Even as you're seated in the sanctuary, let us receive our benediction and those who are in our sanctuary will be escorted from your pew by our ushers on today. Let's bow our heads again, Lord. We thank you for your word on today, how it has both challenged and strengthened us as we move forward in this year of renewal. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for us. Even though we may not see it or discern it at this moment, you have it in place for each and every one of your children. Bless us now as we leave from this place, but never from your presence, as we venture into a brand new week with your presence and your comfort. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.